Hello and welcome to Unicorn Leaders Podcast. My name is Fahad Alhatab. I'm the CEO and founder of Unicorn Labs. And we're all about learning how to unlock our talent potential, how to unlock the potential of our leaders to be able to create high-performing teams and create high-performing organizations. Now, this really came to me much at a much younger age when I came across a fun quote that I think many of us have seen over the years. And it's a famous one from Margaret Mead. And it says, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. It was my grade seven teacher who actually shared that with us. And it was the first time that I truly started to feel a sense of agency. Uh, whoa, the, me, I, I, I can change something. I can do something. I have a say. I have, I have a way of doing things. I don't have to just listen to the adults around me to tell me what to do. Perhaps many of us have had a moment like that in our, in our teenage years, in our childhood, a moment of realization of agency of our own self. Leaders tend to have that moment and build on it. And they were able to, uh, you know, attract others, attract groups, attract teams, to, to fulfill certain visions, certain ideas. My journey was kind of a fun one. I started getting involved with a, a local community center, a boys and girls club, uh, as a youth worker, coaching kids, playing soccer, playing basketball. I would say it was my closest way of getting paid to play basketball. Never made it to the NBA, but, you know, got paid. Uh, and, 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 and the, the, the sense uh, purpose that we were given was, can we change one kid's life? change a single kid's life. And that was the purpose. That was the journey I was on of leadership. And I felt empowered by my leaders in that community to say, you can change another person's life by your actions. And so they were my leaders, but then I was empowered to be a leader for the younger folk in my community. And that is what got me started on this journey. In high school, a group of friends and I started a camp in our community uh, to, to try and give back and really help the children there. And so we shifted from thinking about helping one kid, save one kid's life to, hey, can we, can we actually improve an entire community, a group of kids, a, a community as a whole? That got us into doing a ton of fundraising. And throughout our years in university, we raised over a million dollars for local charities. And we shifted our impact lens from one child to one community to to fundraising because fundraising was seen as this way to build capacity capacity building to unlock the potential of all the other youth workers and charities that were uh, uh, working at the time I, I got into this whole fundraising route and then realized mm, there's some there's some limitations here on how I can make an impact I was kind of obsessed with this how do I make an impact in my community how to make an impact in this world and how, how do you leave a dent in the universe right as I think Steve Jobs left us with a, a beautiful quote there and and that took me to studying political science and economics at university kind of a total twist for me being really brought up in the social sector and really wanting to make an impact but I wanted to understand the structures and and the systems that create our society to be able to have an impact on it. Can, can we change the structures? Can we create, change the systems? I got super involved into politics, whether it was local municipal politics, provincial, federal here in Canada. I was even super involved as a, as a, as a student politician, right? student politics. I was president of our student union at Carleton University. And that allowed me to understand the structures and impact of policy, the structures of advocacy. How do we actually change something that can be made better for the folks around us? Leaving university, I got super interested into technology and entrepreneurship. I saw kind of the, the, the mess of politics where it felt like a lot of vying for power. I saw the mess of certain charity and philanthropy work where it felt like a lot of band-aid and a lot of limitations in structure. 
entrepreneurship was this like, wow, I could do it all on my own. It was this kind of freedom moment of I can create impact without the limiting structures of politics or charity, and I could bring other people along. I started working for a number of different tech companies. We we launched our own uh, uh, a startup called Frank is a Phone. Some of you listening to this may 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 remember that crazy mess of ours. Uh, but we we tried to. Uh, you know, push boundaries on what we could do with tech, what we can do um, with different opportunities. And I found myself in this mixed space of technology and education, of trying to help folks who are building technology build really powerful teams. And it was an interesting space to be in. It was all about building teams and, and, and helping leaders. And it brought me back to my, my time with student politics where we had built several teams over years. It brought me back to our, our, our camp that we started. We built several teams over the years. And it was this realization of, whoa, we have been bringing people together and building teams since I was like 13 or 14. And we've been trying to identify a vision and get people there, get to that vision and, and, and build a high performance along the way. And so can we do this with tech? Tech presented this opportunity to really solve some of the world's biggest problems. And we could do that by unlocking the potential of the managers and the leaders. This, this, this came true to me when I realized that a lot of people were complaining about nine to fives. They're complaining, oh, nine to five sucks. And we have this whole movement, right? In social media that your nine to five sucks and, and you should quit and you should be an entrepreneur. But I was like, why do people hate their nine to five? Well, usually they don't like their team. They don't like their leaders. If we had better leaders, if we were actually trying to solve really big problems with high-performing teams, everyone would stick to their nine-to-fives. They would stick to their teams. They would stick to their jobs because they would see it as a way to actually solve the world's biggest problems. And that is the goal of this podcast. It is to unpack the strategies around leadership, the strategies around talent retention, the strategies around building high-performing teams. What do we have to do to create powerful teams in our companies in order to solve the huge complex problems that we've taken on. The problem we've seen in leadership is that a lot of people are still based on this old command and conquer leadership style. Like it's interesting. There's so much uh, 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 military rhetoric that shows up in business. But we're not a military. We're, you, you, we're, we're building business, we're, we're solving customer problems, we're solving problems for communities, for people, but we have this commanding style of hierarchy in our leadership practices. Or we see um, a, a ton of uh, uh, leadership styles that uh, focus on motivation. I mean, often people come to me and say, well, we, we're looking for a motivational speaker to come and, and, and get our people going. I said, if you need a motivational speaker, you've got much bigger problems in your company than motivating your people and getting them to be a hurrah, you know, in a little pep rally. Um, motivation is a result. It's not a, it's not an input. It is something that uh, comes out and it is a result from highly engaging problems that our people get to work on who are empowered. And, and, and let's look at this word empowered because I think it's overused. Empowerment is not a, it's not binary. It's not either you're empowered or not. Empowerment is a spectrum. There are levels of empowerment and our goal is to increase those levels of empowerment because in large companies, things don't happen. They only happen when you have small groups of people. Why is that? Because smaller groups of people are more empowered because we push decision-making down to those who are closest to the problem, closest to the information, instead of pushing decision-making up as we see in government and larger bureaucratic structures. When we push decision-making down, we get 
people testing faster. We get people making decisions faster. And we actually, uh, you know, as many startups would say, we, we, we go ready, fire, aim. You're able to actually get stuff out there and iterate it faster. And so the truth of what we've uncovered is that if we can really hone in on, on the leader and help leaders in teams, not just the CEOs and the C-suite of teams, but even the managers, if we can help unlock the leader's potential, they create a significant uh, uh, high-performing teams. We, we use the word unicorn leaders, what we call them. We call them these 10X leaders, right? So the 10X leaders are just, what, what they are, they're disproportionately better. They're, they make a disproportionate impact on their team and they unlock the team's power. The constant question we're, we're facing is, why is it that some teams are, are greater than the sum of their individuals, while other teams are less than the sum of their individuals. You've been on teams where, where people, where it just sucks to work on that team and you actually become worse than becoming better. And some teams don't. And so we're really unpacking what leaders do in order to create this team that has disproportionate impact. And in order to do so, we're, we're going to have to unpack these concepts of psychological safety, these concepts of empowerment, these concepts of effective communication, productive conflict, synchronizing teams, uh, leadership styles and coaching, um, different stylistic fluidity and personalities uh, that we see, how to create a, a sense of impact and value alignment, and finally, how to really foster an effective vision. And I always find that what's funny is that teams will start with fostering an effective vision first. And, and, and I think we've had the model flipped. While having a vision is extremely important, having a team that trusts each other, that has good bonds, and that is empowered will be way better. Because as many startups realize, the vision iterates, they pivot, they change. We constantly are changing what we're trying to solve and the problem as we figure it out. Therefore, if everything depended on that vision, it wouldn't change. Everything actually depends on the team and the quality of their leadership. And so that's the the the, the arc we're going to take here with this podcast. We're going to interview some phenomenal guests. We're going to ask them some hard-hitting questions. We're going to try to figure out what's bullshit about leadership. What's bullshit about team, uh, team dynamics? What isn't working in our world? And what actually moves the needle forward? What are things that leaders need to commit to? And, and, and how can we actually, what tools can we give them to do so? So we're going to question some mindsets that we have. We're going to look at what skill sets we need to develop and then provide some tool sets for you to actually walk away with in order to create your high performing team and in order to, for you to create unicorn leaders that build your unicorn startups. <laughs>